0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Growing Boulder Radio Show. And our next guest played most of his Hall of Fame career in the Negro Leagues. Baseball historians have documented that he was supposed to be the chosen one, the first choice to break baseball's color barrier, Ahead of Jackie Robinson.
1: Didn't exactly happen that way, but once he did get his chance, he soared, leading the New York Giants to two pennants. In fact, the great Roy Campanella called him, quote, the best all around player I ever saw. Let's welcome the great one, Baseball Hall of Famer, Monty Irvin. Hey, Monty. Uh, hello, how are you? All right, Manny. We're doing great. We're thrilled to talk to you. And let's start with the big issue right off the top. Of course, breaking the color barrier holds a major part in the history of not just baseball, but civil rights in general. That barrier, as we all know, was broken in 1947 by Jackie Robinson. Is it true that Dodgers GM Branch Rickey approached you two years earlier in 1945 and tried to sign you?
2: Uh, yeah, uh, he, yes, yeah, it is true. I did sign with him, but I had just gotten out of, the, out of service out of the Army, and I told him I needed a little time to get my act together and uh, that I would report to him when I thought I was ready. And uh, that was in 1945, and of course I told him you know, reported to him in 1949 that I was ready. And, uh, you know, of course, the rest is history.
1: Yeah, boy, were you ever ready. Yeah. So you did enter uh, the majors two years after Jackie Robinson. What was it like at that time? How difficult was it for you? How much uh, had Jackie paved the way for you?
2: Oh, well, he did, a you know, just a great job of pioneering. Um, after he signed in, 19, in 1945, reported to the Montreal Royals in 1946, and, of course, in 1947 he became a – uh, an official you know, major leaguer. Uh, Jackie took a lot. Uh, he was not the best player in, in the league, but he was the uh, he he improved constantly and became a great star, particularly uh, uh, on the bases and at the plate. He became a, a clutch hitter and became a very uh, uh, you know, an excellent fielder and a, and a real clutch hitter.
0: Hey, Monty, I'm I mean, sure... you did a real good job. I'm sure, Monty, whenever anybody gets to talk to you, all they want to talk about are the old days. Let's talk about now, though. How, how, old, how old are you these days?
2: Uh, my next birthday in February uh, of next year, I'll be uh, February 25th of next year, I'll be 88.
0: Oh, man. In, you
2: know, fairly good health, and i uh, enjoying two daughters and two granddaughters.
0: All right, listen, I, I, athletes amaze me. I mean, you spend your whole life being very physical, and you, do, you you had skills. Monty's a shortstop. You're a great hitter, a great fielder. When those skills go away, and you can't do that anymore, for a lot of people it's really, really hard because that's your identity. For you, how has it been growing older in life?
2: Well, you know, uh, 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 long, many, many years ago my father said to uh, uh, Monty, you have to sometimes, or most of the times, you have to play the hand that's dealt to you. I uh, had some ups and I up, had some downs. Uh, uh, with me, of course, though, the uh, the, the glass is always half-filled. Hmm. Uh, if I got knocked down, i will always get up and come back. Uh, I'm still trying to do that. Uh, so um, about 20... About 23 years ago, I moved uh, to Florida to, you know, to enjoy my retirement. And I've been here in Homosassa, uh, um, particularly um, Sugar Mill Woods, wonderful uh, area, wonderful neighborhood. And I've lived almost a, a just a very, very enjoyable life for about 23 years.
1: Good for you. Hey, Monty, how much is, is a Monty Irvin rookie card going for these days?
2: <laughs> I don't know.
1: Uh, I, I, bet, I bet they're going for more than you were paid back in the days of the Negro Leagues, though, aren't they?
2: You're so right. You're, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right.
1: What kind of money did you make back then?
2: Oh, well, uh, I lost money by signing, you know, um, I was making $6,000 with the Newark Eagles of the uh, you know Negro National League, and uh, <clears throat> I signed... Um, you know, to play in the majors for five. Is that right? The future was in in the major league. So you know, eight, eight, and then ten, and then twelve. Then I had a, a real good year in 1951, and I, the owner of the New York Giants, uh, Harsh Stoneham, he doubled my salary.
1: You know, Marty's be
2: just a little money.
1: He being pretty good
2: at that time, but nothing like the, the money that
1: the players were making. Monty's being modest. In 51, he hit 312, led the majors in RBI with 112, and led the Giants to the National League pennant. So I guess that's a good year, Bill.
0: And you, you know what? Monty did not, when his playing days were over, I don't want people to get the impression that he was just an athlete. I mean, this is a guy who could write. He was a very good writer, stayed involved in baseball in the promotional aspect for years, really dedicated himself to the sport. Monty had... I, 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 Fascinated in, in what you think of the state of the game now.
2: Well, uh, you know, they're still real good players. They're making a lot of money. And, uh, you know, uh, you never have to give a benefit for almost none of them that's, you know, playing today. Yeah. Because they get a great, uh, you know, not only do they make a lot of money, but they get a great pension. You know health
0: benefits and so on. So how how so come how is
2: the time to be playing?
0: How come money and how come nobody's watching you? Know, the Cardinals played the Tigers. It was the lowest rated World Series ever. It was a great series, and you know, the, and people are still talking about Barry Bonds now. He doesn't have a team, and nobody wants to sign him. And the Mark McGuire thing with steroids—is is it all falling apart, or is this just part of what happens?
2: No, it's just it's just part of what happens. You know, you, again, you're gonna have good days, bad days. Uh, <clears throat> As long as baseball produ- keeps producing, you know, stars, uh, great performers, people who can hit, run, field, throw, and hit for power, baseball will always be our number one game. Attendance is up. It's been going up every year constantly. So it's, it's still very, very popular. And, it's you know, it's the game. It's our national pastime. And I, I just enjoy it. When I go to the park, I enjoy watching it on TV. And, of course, you know, the – Two teams, you know, played in the mid Midwest. Uh, if say if the Mets had won it or if the Dodgers had won it, uh, there would have been you know a lot of uh, uh, of interest. And once in a while, you're gonna get uh, you know you you're gonna have a little, a little less interest. A little some of the teams sometimes are not that popular. But next year you just watch it. Uh, it'll come right back to, to where it used to
1: be. Well, sounded kind of like a candidate for commissioner, doesn't he, Bill? Hey, Marty, I'm guessing that day in 1973 when you were elected to the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame had to be one of the greatest days of your life. Did you ever grow up imagining that that might happen?
2: Never thought it would ever happen. I was simply amazed, and every time I think about being inducted with all those other great players, it gives me, you know, warms my heart. I try to go back ever since 1969. I've been uh, going back to Cooperstown, and uh, I, I want, I'll do it next year because uh, you know uh, they're expecting a real big year um, uh, uh, in, in Cooperstown. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll continue to to go back as long as I live.
0: You still root for the Giants, Monty?
2: Oh yes. Uh huh.
0: You think they should sign Bonds, or what? What's the deal?
2: Well. uh... I don't know, you know. I don't know whether it's, uh, it's money or what else is involved, but I know that some team will sign him. Even if the, uh, I think he, he either. I think uh, at the moment he wants to sign with uh, either the uh, the Oakland Athletics or the Anaheim, uh, you know, Angels.
0: Yeah, you you never uh, Monty. When you were playing, you never you never took anything to help you do better, did you?
2: No, we tried to (laughs) eat a lot of steaks and potatoes and vegetables, and that's the way, uh, you know, uh, we didn't even take vitamins at that time. Didn't have enough money to buy vitamins. That
1: was the Babe
0: Ruth program, I think.
2: So, you know, we just... I try to do the right thing and, and, and stay healthy uh, by eating the right food.
0: You know what? As great a baseball player as you were, Monty, you're equally as, as great a, a role model and an example for all of us, and we're thrilled that you're willing to share your story again and again with everybody. Uh, how great for you to be on the Growing Boulder radio show. Monty Irvin, you are a true giant in your field, and we appreciate having you today. Thanks, Monty.
2: Well, you're very complimentary, and I appreciate all the good things that you said. I really appreciate it.
1: That is fabulous, and what a thrill for us. Hall of Famer Monty Irvin, 87 years old, one of the greatest players in the history of the game. All right, Bill, we've been looking forward to this. After the break, we have got two smoking hot babes who have refused to accept society's vision of aging. We will talk to Nancy Ausplaw and Marilyn Kent about their 10-step guide to fearless aging. All right,
0: uh, let's go to a break now, Mark, because i got to comb the hair over my bald spot. Yeah, you you back. got a lot of combing to do, my friend.
1: The Growing Boulder Radio Show. You got a problem? Well, do you, Pump?